Welcome to Movie Maker Interviews, where we talk with our greatest movie makers about the art and craft of making movies. My name is Tim Malloy, and this week we're at the Sundance Film Festival, where our guests are from the fantastic Sundance premiere, Promising Young Woman, writer-director Emerald Fennell, and star Carrie Mulligan. It's a lavishly shot revenge thriller, and we don't want to talk about any plot points, so I'll just stick to what's in the trailer. Mulligan plays a young woman who goes out to nightclubs and pretends to be so drunk that she can't stand until a quote-unquote nice guy comes to check on her. Sometimes these nice guys take her home, and then they realize she isn't as helpless as they thought. Some violins kick in, we realize it's Britney Spears' Toxic, and things in the trailer start to take a turn. This is a very twisty, very cool movie. Fennell is an actress and novelist as well as a screenwriter-director. She plays Camilla on The Crown. And you know Mulligan from films like Never Let Me Go, Shame, The Great Gatsby, and Suffragette. You can read the backstory of Promising Young Woman in the latest issue of Movie Maker Magazine with the co-founders of Lucky Chap Entertainment, including Margot Robbie, on the cover. Between Promising Young Woman and Birds of Prey, Lucky Chaps 2020 is off to a very big start. If you're at Sundance, you can find the issue all over the place. If not, it's available on newsstands or visit us at moviemaker.com. And now, Emerald Fennell and Carrie Mulligan talking with us at the Sundance Film Festival about Promising Young Woman. So congratulations. I totally love this movie. Oh, it's yay. fantastic and such a ride. <laughs> and we can't say that much about it, right? No, no. It was yeah. a great interview. Thank you. <laughs> um, no, it's impossible. And it's been so difficult because, and it will be because, of course, it doesn't get released until April. But the thing is, is that the way that we all consume stuff now, myself included, is just like we... Um, you know, the trailer comes out and then we were all kind of like obsessively talking about stuff, but it's so difficult with this one because all I wanted to say to people is just like, oh, just watch. Yeah. Mm. You've got to yeah. watch it because mm. it's impossible to just, it's impossible mm. to yeah. explain really. Even, you know, when we were talking about making the poster and the trailer, yeah, such a difficult conversation. At one point we were talking about making three different trailers for the mm. kind of three different movies it is mm. oh um, and, and releasing them all. And then, but then we felt it would give too much stuff away. Mm. Um, yeah, but I think they, you know, focus is just brilliant. Mm. Well, the stuff we can say, I mean, we know this is talking about some really dark subject matter. We also know it has like a really kind of wicked sense of humor to it. Um, with the Britney Spears violins, the top, the, I've had toxic stuck in my head for a month. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and also just this like confectionery look of it. Like the, the style, the set design, the costumes, everything is like so colorful and happy mm. for subject matter that could be so dark. Like why mm. did you choose to go that direction? So I guess the thing that I really wanted to do is, um, and, I, and I think just in general, is I just wanted to make a movie. Mm. And I know that sounds so silly, but like I wanted to make something that felt crafted and singular. And so the people that I wanted to work with uh, who uh, amazingly, astonishingly said yes to this film that which we made for about $25 <laughs> um uh you know so it's Nancy Steiner who is a costume designer and she did Virgin Suicides Lost in Translation the most recent Twin Peaks so she's like masterful and when I said to her you know I want something soft and approachable I want uh, you know the thing about women often who are in kind of distress or whatever it is is they don't wear sweatpants they dress up they put on mm. lipstick mm. Um, so that needs to feel it, that's something. And then um, Matthew 
I always say Matthew Perry. <laughs> Chandler from Friends. <laughs> Michael <laughs> Perry. It was, cool to get him. It was it, unbelievable to get Chandler from Friends <laughs> to be the head of our art department. <laughs> Michael Perry, who is just the absolute best. And he comes from, he did It Follows. He did uh, Sweet Valley High, the TV show. So he, mm. And he started working in proper, the old Hollywood system, making things himself and things. And so because we were on a very tight budget, um, he and his team would make so you know we we would we made those blue plaques for the um because we were just in an empty room for the cafe and you know we just by hook or crook just built stuff when we needed to um and and you know it 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 just felt to me like just because something is difficult doesn't mean it can't be beautiful because life is a horrendous beautiful nightmare isn't it so I, I i just you know i wanted it to be fun and a popcorn movie that's also turns the thumbscrews on every single person watching it and i just yeah. want them to like it you know yeah want it to be a kind of horrible beautiful experience and yeah. you know Kara's performance is like the absolute linchpin of that because it contains everything that yes. the film is you really get to do everything an archer can do in one role how did you find this movie how did the movie find you so, uh, well, uh, interestingly, I think, mm-hmm. <laughs> Emerald and I worked together when we were children. <laughs> Not children, but how old we must have been, sort of in our, like, 20-something. Um, we were both in an episode of Trial and Retribution, mm-hmm. uh, colon, Sins of the Father, where Ooh. Emerald played bitchy girl in nightclub. Thank you. And <laughs> I played girl who gets murdered. <laughs> and um, we had a fight in the nightclub, and then I get thrown down a flight of stairs. <laughs> not, not by Emerald. And Michael Fassbender was the detective who solved the case, um, so, which we didn't actually put together until we were about... Until we were shooting. Until like, we were like two shooting. weeks into filming. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, so that is actually how we first ever met, which neither of us can really remember. And then... We met through a mutual friend once and had some cake, um, but that wasn't. We, there was, I had no idea that Emerald was had written anything. Um, and then it was sort of around Christmas time that um, I got the script and was just. I there's not there's no I mean uh, the, the, so, such a massive mixture of like fascinated thrilled like it's so exciting to read good writing, yeah. like I can't tell you how exciting <laughs> it is, it's so exciting and. Um, and then we met, and uh, and I was immediately just in, like in. There's just what, what on earth would the, there was the literally it was like the biggest no-brainer of my whole life. And um, so yeah. Are you both actors who like less dialogue in places? Because this is a movie where you could have spilled every, you could have spelled everything out mm. and given the backstory. But the way you like dribble out information is so suspenseful and mm. cool. Mm. Was that more fun than sort of giving the big speech of exposition? Well, I think the thing is, is that for me, like, um, again, my obsess the films I'm obsessed by, it tends to be like, you know, the hit, the Hitchcock thriller, I think, is just, um, and, and, and more than that, when I come to, when I think of books, and it's not a surprise that Daphne du Maurier and Patricia, Patricia Highsmith are people that he goes back to again and again, because yeah. it's about, um, it is about controlling suspense. It's about like um, giving people, it's like two pedals that you've got, I think, the main ones, which are um, tension and release. Yeah. Um, and so for me, it was really important that 
in order for this film to work, also in order just practically to get it made with the kind of budget we had, um, in order to, to attract the kind of talent, it, it needed to be a sort of journey in which we saw people along the way. And I, and I, and for me, it was, I didn't really want to talk about the incident that happened because yeah. I just don't think we needed to. Um, I wanted to leave a lot of the stuff as unsaid because I think every person I think I hope who watches it implicitly understands what's happened Um, and so um, but you know for me like what it was just such a fun exercise in like plotting um, information like the kind of distribution of information and and and, you know how to make that suspenseful and not feel kind of like connecting the dots but it's a difficult it's a difficult thing to do and I think I've been very very lucky a in that I you know worked on uh, um, TV, which is you know very um, can be very plot based, of course, um, but also novels. You know, so I, I you know wrote three no- novels before this, which are very um, much thriller horror, yeah. and that's I mean that is all all plot really a novel. Yeah. 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 How do God, you you've written three novels. <laughs> Just go home. Thank you. Stop it. I've actually written four. Oh, the fourth one. Emerald. The fourth one was so bad that <laughs> everyone I sent it to was like, please do not ever send us anything again. Wait, not after this you'd written the previous three. No, it was the first thing I wrote. It was 150,000 words, and it was a kind of... It was so pretentious. <laughs> and it was a... Oh, God, I just can't even bear to think about it. My dear mother, my wonderful mother, was always like, darling, I really think you should go back to the Dream Stealers. And I was like, Mum, the dream oh. has been stolen, and it's <laughs> fucking terrible. It's not, it's not for the world. <laughs> Do you have anything like that in your creative development where you're like, I had to do this thing? And I'm sure it's not. I've written sure no good. novels <laughs> but yet. But is there not any a director. <laughs> anything you look back on where you're like, that wasn't a success, but I had to do it to get to where I am now? Oh. oh. I don't know. I've never done anything, not never, but I haven't ever in the, in probably the last 10 years I haven't done something unless I couldn't bear the idea of anyone else doing it. So there's always been a very good reason for doing it. Not everything has been a massive success, but it's always been, I've always known that I would have massive regret for not trying. So I think so. It's a really difficult question that, isn't it? And also I think it's unusual in that Carrie's agent, Tor Belfridge, who has a very select, so she sort of represents like I don't know, 10 people, and it's mm. Carrie and Daniel Day-Lewis and Judy Dench, and, you know, yeah. it's like... And and I think she's such an exceptional person, mm. um, and not really like an agent. She's more like a sort of Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> um, but much swearier than, a Yoda, <laughs> than Yoda. Yeah. But she wouldn't... I don't think, you know, from my experience of her, uh, she just doesn't... She wouldn't... I, I doubt she'd even... I mean, this is just me speculating. I doubt she'd even put something in front of you that would be... She's not a means to an end kind no, of person no, no, no. at all. It's like, no. and and I think for me, I've been incredibly lucky in that um, I, I I have a kind of similar situation in that I have like a, a group of people who I work with who just have always said, do the thing you want to. Mm. You know, also I would say, and I always feel like I sh- have to say this, is I've also been incredibly lucky that you know I've had a very supportive family mm. that has enabled me to get through those fallow years where mm. I've been you know trying to make ends meet and stuff and that's that is regrettably still part of our um, industry that is deeply unfair because I think mm. if I hadn't had that safety net I really wouldn't have been able to get to this point mm. um, that is you know the most unbelievably uh, helpful and 
you know, thing that you can have actually mm. Mm. certainly but I mean you've been working since you were 18 but yeah um, but again but like I was you know yeah. I, I had to say I mean I you know it's only a risk if you have nothing to fall back on and I had similarly yeah. a family that would have you know would have helped me had I needed it um and and that is the disparity that's the yeah I think yeah. and that th that is something that really does need changing um because it's just like it's just not fair that people have should have to take things that yeah. make them feel uneasy mm. This is kind of a tough one because it's a, your motivation as a character is kind of a spoiler. Mm. But is it, to the extent that it's possible to answer this question without ruining the movie, mm. when you woke up and went in to play this character, mm. what did you think was motivating her? Love, I think. Um, like deep sisterhood and love, I think. It was so hard to talk about isn't it without spoiling it but like that yeah. it had to be for um somebody else i think yeah and i do think that's the thing about this uh, and movie in general is that i think that it had to be i think that this is such a commonplace thing people are very very used to swallowing things mm. on their own behalf mm. it's much much harder when it's someone you love and i think for for cassie i mean i i wouldn't know about I wouldn't speak for Carrie's motivation, but certainly writing her, it was that it's always a battle between hope and despair. Mm -hmm. But the problem with the hope was that the hope meant having to forget the person that she loved. And mm. so at the end of this movie, there is a choice between two people she loves, mm. really. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and it's a really difficult choice. Mm. Yeah. Um, you've made a conscious effort to take on, especially roles with female filmmakers recently. I think I know the answer to this, but why is that so important? I mean, it's sort of all my... It's kind of, I've worked with female theatre directors and filmmakers sort of the whole way through my career. They've always been brilliant experiences. Um, I always know when I'm getting a script that's being directed by a woman that it's something to get excited about because you can guarantee they've had to work eight times harder <laughs> to get <laughs> to the point where they've got a script that's going out to actors. So it always feels like okay, this is time to get excited because, it, you know, you know that it's had to pass. It's had to run a gauntlet to get there in a way that probably, a, you know, maybe this is a sweeping generalisation, but it's probably fair to say that in the majority of cases, much more so than it would be for a man. Um, so I get excited when I get a, a script from a, a female filmmaker. And my experiences, I mean, I had the most extraordinary experience on Suffragette with an incredible director, producer, writer, team so many women and actually getting to act with other women you know mm. it was amazing when I started filming Suffragette I realized how little time I'd spent on screen with another woman mm. it, I looked back and thought gosh okay well I had a bit to do with um Elizabeth in in The Great Gatsby Jordan and Daisy have a few scenes and then I thought well, I was a lot on my own <laughs> with some really lovely men <laughs> but you know very very lovely <laughs> but you know I just haven't oh, I haven't acted with women and it was so nice like what to act with Anne-Marie Duff and Helena Bonham Carter these extraordinary people and um so it was so exciting but yeah I, I've I've been so so lucky to work with these and it really has just been the best material you know you know just as a reporter I get pitched like five times as many men than women and it's probably because there's five times as many men as women mm. who have gotten these opportunities mm. um but I've never heard before the point that it's quality control Mm. The fact that you are getting built-in quality control when you have female filmmakers who've had to overcome something, mm. 
and that's that's fascinating. That's mm. really really interesting. Mm. I had never thought about that either. Yeah. I've never even it's just never occurred to me. But of course, mm. I was. Uh, it is true. I think, with some exceptions, but I think of, of the past few years, the stuff that I've found incredibly sort of engaging and and unusual have have tended to be you know the, the flea bags of the world. Just mm. stuff that I th- thought like, whoa, holy shit! I've just never mm. seen this before. Mm. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. Oh. Oh no, your bubble is falling. I lost my mouth. Oh my god. Whoa. The top for oh, no. listeners. The oh my mouth is falling off. <laughs> 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 I keep everybody from getting a cold thing has fallen off on that's, the floor. Oh, that's so that's, nice. Well, we're in Utah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, what what have people not asked you about with this movie that you've been surprised by? Like, is there anything where you were just like expecting this question, like, how am I going to handle this, and no one has brought it Do up? Do you know what's so delightful? So, not. I mean, I want to talk about the, you know, the the look of it, but yeah. there's actually been very little. Mm. I usually get asked. You get asked a lot. Hey, wasn't it fun to like wear that outfit, or doesn't it like, <laughs> you know, which is great. Like the the costume and design on this is incredible. We talked a lot about Nancy, but in terms of like, so often people, there's a there's a sort of misunderstanding. They think that like that that you as a person, I don't know, but it's like a fashion parade where it's like, no, this is an expression of this character. And, and there's been, because people like the film and are so, have so many questions about it. We've had so few silly questions, which is so nice. Yeah. And, but I do, I do agree with you. I think that there have, there are so many, I don't know. Yeah. There are lots of like physical details of Mm. the film that I think, um, I think the story and the kind of subject matter has been so hard that that has... It'll be interesting to see as we go on how people feel kind of when they see it again, if they choose to, if they want to, or they've thought about it. Like, you know, I I think there are lots of... I hope there are lots of things. Other, you know, the music and all the kind of stuff that we've done, it it would be interesting. But in terms of, like... Well, I tell you what, I I wasn't... I was expecting to talk about, like, Jennifer Coolidge and Clancy Brown. Mm. Because they are honestly... And I I have to say, just to give them a, like, shout-out, like, so brilliant. Mm. And Jennifer came in, and, you know, Jennifer's like... When I met Jennifer, I was like, this is my dream. This is, like, my dream woman. Jennifer turned up looking like genuinely a million dollars, Marilyn Monroe wearing a leopard print dress to meet me. And she told me the funniest anecdote in the world about being on a yacht. (laughs) And I was just like, so in awe of her, but I was also in my mind thinking, how can I, I love her so much, I need her to be in this film, but like, you know, how could, like, are we gonna be able to, and she just was like, I don't want to wear any makeup. I want to mm. wear this wig. Yeah. Um, she was looking at kind of like mothers who've lost children mm. in, in the press. A lot of kind of like, mm. you know, in the way they dread people who've been traumatized. And so we kind of built this world. But like Cassie, where she's put everything into this house, mm. this kind of house that she's just like made, made beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Mm. And I just think she just gives, she's she and Clancy so give the most moving performances. And because they're so delicate, um, they, I, I, I just think I, I just want to kind of give them a shout mm. out because I think it's a very hard thing to do to give it, you know. They really love Cassie, mm. and um, and and they give us a glimpse, I think, into what she was before. Mm. And you know, this is not a girl who has always been like this, and I think mm. it's really heartbreaking. Mm. I think their relationship's beautiful, and mm. yeah, I I, th- I, th- I want, I just wanted to give them a shout out, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's so many actors who just pop up for a short period of time and accomplish so much. It's a, it's one of those really cool movies. There's a couple reasons I think this movie is going to age really well, and the one is. Like, there's so many great actors where you're like, that person's in it for, like, a very short time and they absolutely kill it. And the other yeah. is, 
Like, honestly, the look of it. Like, honestly, the costume and the colors and the sets and everything else, it's like you could take a still of any scene in this movie and it could be the poster. Mm. And it's a very good sort of lure. Like, people will watch it going, like, this just seems like a fun thing to watch. Mm. And then there's this great... And then there's this great underlying message to it and so much provocative stuff to think about. Which is just cool. I'm just saying it's cool. Thank (laughs) you. But that, honestly, that means so much Mm. because, again, you know... It, it sounds like making excuses, and I don't mean this at all. It's actually been an immensely positive thing that we had such a limited, you know, 23-day shoot, wow. very, very, very low budget, um, you know. Um, and, you know, it means you have to kind of collaborate and think inventively and use what might be constraints as, a, as an advantage. And I think that everyone made this film look and feel so much more. It was so important to me that it felt like a place to that you want to spend time in, mm-hmm. you know, all the little nods, you know, by my own like little film nerdery, all the little nods to The Shining and mm. it, and you know, all mm. the like oh, silly. Oh, wait a minute, what are those? <laughs> you'll <laughs> see them, you'll see them, you'll find them later. Oh my gosh. There's just like tons, like tons of little things that I love. And when I watch movies, I'm like, oh, I always think of like Wes Craven in, in, um, in Scream kind of mopping up. He's mm. dressed as Freddy Krueger in the background <laughs> as a janitor mopping the floor. Oh, it's just, just like so cool. Mm. Anyway, we don't have anything like that in particular, but they're just, you know, I fucking love films and I've always loved films. And so no matter what, the, apart from, you know, getting these amazing actors, it was just creating a world that people wanted to spend time in and that felt like care had been taken. And yeah. it wasn't just, and, and I'm not knocking this because there is a world of movies that I adore that are steady cam, that are very naturalistic, that are very like natural lighting, all that stuff. And, you know, it was hard going for us to just at every point make it beautiful, you know, mm, because yeah. it, it, it took, it takes time, it takes care and it takes tension. Mm. So I'm so glad that you felt that and I'm so proud of everyone for making it, for making it uh, feel like that. But I always just wanted it. I think one of the things that maybe I said to Carrie at the beginning or certainly a few people, I said I wanted it to feel like the best first date you've ever been on. Mm. <laughs> like the person that's just too good to be true and sexy and funny and cool and like engaging and and then you get back to their apartment and you're like that there's something not right about this apartment and the door's locked behind you and it's too fucking late (laughs) you know and that that's what i kind of wanted for the audience is them is everyone sitting in there going hang on you know and you see it with the the moment there's Mm. a moment and Mm. every point you know, people are saying, but no, 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 mm. but it can't, but, th- but, n- but okay, but, th- but then it's gonna, mm. even when you get to a point where it is indisputably impossible, mm. right. people are still saying oh, there must be some way, there must mm. be something we've missed, mm. right. you know, mm. right. but that's so fun, you know, mm. so fun mm. <laughs> and mm. brutal, but it's fun, mm. like. Mm. We're going to cut the interview off there because at that point we started to talk about some really big spoilers for the film that we don't want to get into until everybody's had a chance to see it when it comes out in April. But definitely go see it when it comes out in April. Trust me, there's a lot to talk about. Again, if you enjoyed this interview, check out the new issue of Movie Maker Magazine where we tell the backstory of that film and the overall story of Lucky Jap Entertainment, the production company behind Promising Young Woman and Birds of Prey and many other films you probably really like a lot and visit us at moviemaker.com give us stars on itunes if you like and feel free to reach out to us at moviemakermag on instagram and twitter thank you very much we will see you very soon